Thanks for joining us today at LexCity.tv. We are so glad you were here. What an incredible time of worship today. I've always loved our City Sound worship team, but I am even more thankful for this team of staff and volunteers during this healthy at home season. In fact, our City Sound worship team just dropped a new song on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music this week. The song, Call Your Name, one of the songs you just heard in the worship set today. We hope this song will speak to you powerfully during this time. Just search City Sound Worship on any music platform and check it out. Easter was last weekend, and we are still excited about all that God did through Lex City Church through our online services. I want to share a few stats with you because behind every stat is a person, and behind every person is a story. We had over 6,500 people join us for one of our three services on all of our platforms. In addition, Kids City Live, our kids program for preschool and elementary kids, had almost 3,000 kids and families engaged. And most importantly, 22 people decided to take a step of faith and start a relationship with Jesus. Feel free to make some noise in the comments or chat section about that right now. Like, make some noise, like scream in text form or something. So, you can give online at lexcity.info by clicking, well, give online. And then give a one-time donation or regularly occurring gift. My wife Ashton and I set up a monthly donation so that our tithe comes directly out of our bank account each month. We've seen many of you give for the very first time. Thank you so much for being the church. If you are like me and you probably are watching and reading so much right now, the tough news and statistics and the good news of people doing amazing things around the world to help each other. We are so thankful for our healthcare heroes here in Lexington, Kentucky and around the world. You are working selflessly, you are working long hours away from your families and we are so proud of you. This week we got to partner with a great local business, North Lime Donuts, and treat a floor of nurses and doctors to some great, free, sugary carbs, also known as donuts. Hey Lex City, it's LJ, and I am here at UK Hospital um, with a bunch of donuts. I'm ready to surprise some night shift NICU workers. Um, we at Lex City just say thank you to all of our healthcare workers, all of our essential employees, everybody on the front lines, everybody who's keeping on, keeping on. Uh, we say thank you, and sometimes we say it with donuts. Let's go. Okay, I found the nurses. Hello, ladies. Hi. Yay! Some Northlime donuts for you. Yeah. We thank just you Lex so City much. says thank you so much thank for all you. you do. Thank you for being on the front lines every day. Thank you. So you're welcome have a great night shift Thanks. how are you feeling working at a hospital in the COVID-19 world honestly I am a lot more level-headed than I thought I'd be um, but it's a little scary but it's a nice balance of knowing that God surrounds us and he is sovereign and has a plan in his favor and yeah it's, it's not that bad a little bit anxious, but thankful for coworkers that make it a little better. It's <laughs> scary and it's nerve wracking, but it also feels normal because we kind of signed up for this. What's the hardest part about caring for people in this season? I think the hardest part for me is being terrified of possibly bringing such a scary virus back to our most vulnerable population. Um, bringing it to these little babies without knowing it and not knowing for so long and the risk of each one getting harmed I think is what terrifies me the most. I feel like people are kind of more reserved and kind of living in a state of fear of not knowing what's around them. I don't know what's around me and like I could be bringing it in or taking it home which is scary. I think they are really scared but it's also a great opportunity to encourage them and just pray for them 
even if they don't know it. That we don't know the answers to everyone's questions that they ask us and they feel like we should know because we're healthcare workers. You all can be praying for healthcare workers um, just for safety and um, protection and for our health every day that we have to come in and work. I just want everybody to pray for our patients and for our frontline, you know, our ER and our medical ICU nurses that are taking care of the COVID. Um, just lift them up to God and let them do God's work. Um, just for peace of mind and um, courage, I guess, would be the best things. Just pray for our patients that they don't get sick. Pray for our parents and that they can have peace, just the ability to cope with what's going on and, you know, not having answers to questions and just being scared in a situation none of us have ever been in. And I just pray that me and my coworkers don't bring anything home and that we stay healthy and that we're able to keep doing what we're doing. Thanks. Again, thank you so much for all that you're doing. In fact, if you're a healthcare worker watching right now, we would love to give you a free drink at Starbucks. Go to our social media account at Lex City Church for more details. Welcome to the first week of our new series, Things Jesus Never Said. His name was Mike, and he was from the inner city of Houston, and I had met Mike while playing basketball at the club, and after some conversations, he found out I was a pastor, and so from that moment on, he simply referred to me as the Rev, and so it was on one of those days between games, he stopped by and just said, hey, Rev, he says, I gave this church thing a try. I've been going to church for a few months, but then all of a sudden, I, did, I lost my job, my relationship went south, I began to feel isolated and lonely. So I quit going because I quickly realized this, that this God thing isn't for me. And he'd never been back to church since. You know, it was in that moment when he shared this, my mind was racing to say, I, Mike, I wish you would get it, the, the reality of this. It's at this moment in time when you are the most discouraged, when there's crisis in your life, when you feel alone, that God, that faith, that church can be the most important thing in your life. But you see, he had bought into a lie that he had heard perpetuated over and over on TV by TV preachers who would simply say this, if you follow God, you go to church, you give money, then of course you will be healthier, wealthier, and wise. He really bought into this, the idea of this, if you follow Jesus, big thought for today, you won't have bad days. The problem with this kind of thinking is this, is that Jesus never said that. And so my friend Mike finds himself turned off to God because he's putting on God a standard that God never claimed to give. You know, same is true for some of you today. You're discouraged and you're disillusioned with God because you feel like this. I've held up my part, but God, you've let me down. God, you're a liar. The things that you said aren't coming true. And so here's what we want to see. This is why the importance of knowing what Jesus said is so critical in our lives. And so for the next few weeks, we want to take some time and talk about the things that Jesus never said. So if you've got your Bibles today, we're going to turn to the book of John, chapter 16. If you've got your device, log on to lexcity.info. And again, if you're new with us, 
Lexcity.info is the place where you're going to find out all the information of things that are happening at our church, resources for you. I'm going to make reference to it a little later in our time today and also have all of our sermon notes there. And so John chapter 16. Now the context of John chapter 16 it's again the week that we just came out of celebrating. It's the Holy Week. And Jesus is talking with his disciples about the things that he is about to face in the days to come. Now, it shouldn't surprise us that during this time of struggle and trials is the time that Jesus is going to teach us the most about how to walk through these things. And in teaching today, I think what makes it so impactful is it's not simply theory it's firsthand experience. Jesus, within the next few hours, is about to experience his crucifixion. So what he's going to talk about is so important. So when Jesus says to us, listen, you're going to have bad days, he knows what he's referring to. So John chapter 16, verse 20, and it simply says this. Here's the truth. I'll tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Does Jesus say that we're going to have bad days? <laughs> Absolutely. But these bad days will not be forever, and I think that's the great hope that's there. And to make his point, Jesus goes on to give us another illustration that I think many of you will be able to relate to. John chapter 16, verse 21. It says, It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. You know, one of the most oh, scary and yet exciting days of my life was the birth of our children. And the birth of our two boys, I'm telling you what, as I walked in that day, I was overwhelmed emotionally <laughs> physically, and I was simply just a spectator in the whole process. I mean, Tammy was the hero of the day, but in those hours, oh, the range of emotions I remember feeling, it was anguish at some point turning into joy. Remember a couple years ago, one of the big trends was to have husbands experience what childbirth was like, and so it created amazing and hilarious moments like this. So we're just going to get you hooked up to the simulator. So basically what we're going to do is hook these onto your abdomen. And we're going to experience some childbirth like we do with the ladies. You think they're making it up? Just a little bit. Okay, we're going to start you off oh, yeah, at a two. <laughs> Not active yet. <laughs> we're going to move up. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh great. Oh, oh I I'm telling you, ladies, if men had to give birth, the human race would have died off after Adam. I mean, it's incredible the things that you are able to do. And John says, very similar, he says, the struggles of life are like childbirth. That there are moments of anguish, but if we'll persevere, if we'll push through them, then we are going to experience the joy at the end. You know, one of my favorite moments when both of our boys were born was that moment that the nurse took our boys, each one at a time, and then would place it in Tammy's arms. And it was that moment, the smile that would come over her face. And I remember then the joy that it had overcome the anguish. 
I, I took these mental pictures both times our boys were born, and it was that moment that that room that had just been chaotic just moments ago had now turned to a, a place of just peace. And it was that beautiful moment. And somehow, gals, I would say to you that somehow God has etched this into your hearts and into your souls that these are the moments you remember because for some amazing reason, you do it again. You've experienced this once and you have the courage to go back and do it all again because you realize at this moment that the joy evidently is far greater than the pain. So moms, I want you to look around the room today and simply remind your kids that the joy was greater than the pain but also remind them that you brought them into this world and you can take them out just as easily. So keep them in context with that. The last part of the section, Jesus concludes with making this contrast. He, he uses the phrase in the world 19 times during this teaching because what Jesus wants to remind us is there is a huge distinction between what you find in him and what you find in the world. Both of them have promises, but the promises of each is dramatically different. And Jesus wants to make sure that you don't mix these two promises up because if you mix them up, you're gonna to begin to think things like he said, well, you're not going to have bad days. Look at John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I told you all this, what, so that you may have, what's it say? That you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have, here's the two promises, many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Here's what he says he promises from the world. Two things that you're gonna experience. We're gonna experience trials, and again, we're gonna experience sorrows. I don't need to try to explain to you even today what it feels like to have trials and sorrows where you are really living in the midst of trials and sorrows today. Again, I've talked about it the last couple of weeks, but one of the consequences of living in a sinful and fallen world is suffering. And so again, the things that we face today are consequences of that. But I am reminded of this, that John wants to remind us that trials and sufferings affect Christians and non-Christians alike. Uh, trials are not a respecter of persons. COVID-19 does not stop and say, hey, I would like to see your church attendance certificate. And if your number is high enough, then I won't have any impact on you. That's really not the case. Some of the most godly people in our church have been affected the greatest with loss of jobs and loss of loved ones. Being a Christian, here's what I want to remind you today, is no protection from bad days. And that's why Jesus never said it. But he does say something that we can find in the midst of trials and sorrows again. Go back to chapter 16, verse 33. He says this, I have told you all this so that, here's what he promises, that you may have peace in me. Many define this idea of peace, what it is, that peace is the absence of trouble. For example, the Quechua Indians in Ecuador or Bolivia, they use a word for peace that literally is translated this, to sit down in one's heart. For them, peace is the opposite of running around in the midst of constant anxieties. The, the Chio Indians in, in Mexico define peace as this, a quiet heart. Now, I love this idea. Both these definitions are these beautiful definitions of, of sitting in the quietness and the stillness of your heart. You get the imagery of I'm sitting in a, in a field full of flowers just sitting there in peace. But here's the problem. Both of those definitions, they fall short of what the true meaning of peace is. The understanding of both of these definitions is the idea of this, that peace is found in the absence of trouble. But the Hebrew word for peace, and do you know what the Hebrew word for peace is? It's 
Yeah, you're exactly right. Shalom that we have. The Hebrew word shalom refers to a wholeness or a total, and it's defined this way. It simp- it's simply goes beyond simply being happy. This idea of shalom is this overflowing of inner and outer joy or serenity. It's deeper than emotions. It's this inner centering on who we are. Here's what's so encouraging. Because of that being the true definition, peace can be obtained in the midst of our circumstances. The power of Jesus' teaching that we're gonna see here in the book of John's is again that he's, he's preaching this and he's teaching it to his followers just hours before his crucifixion. The, the power, what the Bible teaches on the area of peace is that the apostle Paul teaches about peace and he teaches it while he's sitting in prison at these times. And so I wanna remind you that peace and trouble are not mutually exclusive. In fact, they have this beautiful intertwined relationship where one builds upon another. Big thought for us today, what I wanna push us to think about today is this, is that peace is the evidence of a genuine faith that is exposed in trials. What we wanna spend some time today is talk about this idea of what is a genuine faith and what does it look like? Well, 1 Peter chapter one, verses six and seven says this. So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire, tested with purifying gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you, here's what it do, much praise and glory and honor on the day of Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And I love what Peter teaches here. He cuts right to the chase, right? He doesn't mix words. He reminds us that there is a genuine faith, and so here's the other point, by default, which means there is also a, a counterfeit faith. A counterfeit faith is one that looks good on the outside, but the roots are very shallow. Whenever struggles come, the, the, the roots are quickly exposed. And my fear for us, especially here in North America, is that we have the ability to walk around, if we're not careful, with a counterfeit faith. We know the right words to say. We know what to say and what not to say. We know all the words of the song. We know when to stand up and we know when to sit down. But then something comes along that reveals the true nature and the genuineness of our faith. Go back to verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7 in 1 Peter, and it says these. This is what will show it. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. What expresses and how do we find out the validity of our faith? What does it come through? It comes through fire. The fire of struggle. And then he goes on just like he did with giving the example of childbirth. He then gives us another example of what this, these fires look like. Continue on in, in verse 7. He says, It is being tested as a fire test and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. See, it's only after the, the, the intensity of the fire that you know the quality of the gold that is later on revealed. It's only once the dross is melted off that the purity of what is left can be revealed and can be valued from that. But it all comes again, what, from the intensity of the heat, the intensity of the flame. It's again, in the context of this, it's the purpose of the pain. You know, for today, the same is true for us. We find ourselves in defining fires today. And the genuineness of our faith is being revealed in the midst of that intensity, in the midst of the heat. See, you want to know if you are a patient parent? (laughs) Then be quarantined for three months with your kids 24-7. 
You, you want to know if you have a controlling personality? Then, then have the governor tell you where you can go and where you cannot go. You want to know how much you trust God to provide? Have your job put you on furlough for an extended period of time. You want to know if you have self-control? Then have your refrigerator be 15 feet away from you all day long, tempting you every moment. You want to know if your self-esteem is based on who you are and what you can do? Then have the society go on a shutdown and find yourself being isolated. See, these fires expose things within us. COVID-19 is this melting furnace that's exposing the depth of our faith through the heat and through the fire. Now, isn't it interesting when we read that and when I shared that with you, by default, many of you and most of you think about what you are not doing, the negative that comes there. But I want to encourage you. First Peter is going to encourage us. He's going to show us not what we're not doing, but what we are. It's not what we're falling short. He's going to show this is how what you're doing has such a positive impact. Go back to First Peter chapter 7, and I want to bring this last part of the verse. And it says this, as we face these furnace fires, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor. See, a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. But some of you today just need to be so encouraged by the genuineness of your faith. See, you've had a God-given patience with your family that you never would have had three years ago. Why? It's evidence of the genuineness of your faith that you have. Now listen, None of us are going to be perfect. We're going to have days and moments that we lose our patience, that we become frustrated with one another. We're going to have moments of loneliness and despair. We're going to have bouts where fear grips our heart and, and doubt sinks in. But think about this. How much deeper and how much worse all those emotions would have been in your life if you did not have genuine faith. See, without genuine faith, I'm not sure all of your family members survived this quarantine with you in the house that's there, right? Without a genuine faith, some of you are falling back into habitual habits and sins that you've overcome years ago. Without genuine faith, you're giving back ground that you have taken for the glory of God. See, a genuine faith, a faith that is seen in the struggle and it's seen in the daily fight. I mean, it's amazing. Some of you today, you're working from home, you're educating your kids, you're, you're preparing meals, and you're creating lifelong memories. Some of you are working extra hours, and some of you are on the very front lines fighting this virus, to which we want to say thank you. Your service is having an impact, and we're so grateful for that. Some of you are stuck at home, and some of you are having to practice social distancing from aging parents, which is so hard. And listen, it's your faith that is sustaining you. These are difficult times and uncharted waters, and yet you are navigating them so well. See, the struggles of today are preparing you, Peter says, for the glory of tomorrow. You know, as a church, I'm getting to see this lived out in front of us firsthand. You know, three years ago, the crisis that we're facing today, we would have responded a much differently than we are today. But our faith is growing. Our faith is maturing as a church family. And since the COVID-19 has started, listen, let me just encourage you where I see that faith being lived out. Listen, our giving, our connecting, our serving is showing up in ways like never before. You are supporting these ministries of our church in such a powerful way that if these trends continue, listen, we're going to come out stronger on the back end than we entered in the front end. Thank you for just your faithfulness to do that. 
Our groups continue to report on unprecedented attendance and involvement and engagement there. We're so grateful to be connected there. When I think about serving, listen, we have more folks signed up to serve and help in our community than right now we have things to do in our community. Why? Because there's a genuineness of our faith that is growing and is maturing. And I just want to say to you, I'm so blessed by what I see in you and through you. I'm so proud of who God is molding us and shaping us as a church for such a time as this. And so I'm so encouraged that I'm so proud of that. First Peter goes on to, again, go back to chapter one, verse seven. He says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, here's what he says, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you such praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You see, these days matter. Your little acts of kindness have a dramatic and internal impact that's there. These little acts of kindness, these choices towards holiness that you make every day matter. I've personally experienced in this last week just the joy and the benefit of your simple little acts of kindness that you've shown to me and my family. This last week, we've had folks that have dropped off cookies and cakes and gift cards and crosses for our yard. And last week was my birthday, and I got to have the wonderful joy of experiencing my very first birthday parade, and it looked a little like this. You know, these acts of kindness have blessed my heart in such an amazing way. It's been an incredible testimony to my neighbors who ask questions, what is all this? And to be able to share with that, it's been an incredible example and encouragement to my family on just the the beauty of the family of God. And so I, I thank you for that. The beauty is both the recipients and the givers are blessed in this process. As you know, the Bible teaches again that the Lord sees, that the Lord knows, and that the Lord rewards these acts of kindness, these choices towards holiness we make every day. And so let me give you today just three, three ways to strengthen, I, I think, the genuine faith that I see in you and that I see growing in you. And so the three things, first one is simply this, is to take one day at a time. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, which is such a powerful verse at times like this. It says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own trials. Today's trouble is enough for today. See, it just reminds us, focus on the present, right? Don't get caught up in the, in the cycles of negative thinking of the what ifs, what if it's tomorrow, maybe this, maybe that. Listen, continue to practice of being present today. One of the best ways to do that is just to, have this attitude of gratitude to practice giving thanks on a daily basis for the blessings that you are experiencing in the Lord today. You know, as families and friends, as you uh, gather around the dinner table and, and say a prayer before dinner, I would encourage you to incorporate that into a time of just thanking God for the things that God is doing and providing for you. Parents, help your kids to learn how to articulate their thankfulness for the blessings of God today. Stay present in the moment, what I would encourage you to do. You know, for parents, there will never be another time, potentially in your lifetime, that you'll have this kind of extended time with your family. And so encourage you, just be 
present. I, I know it's draining and it's all consuming, but take time. First principle, take one day at a time. The second principle I'd encourage you to kind of continue to grow in this genuine faith is simply this, is to speak to yourself. Psalms 43 verse five says this. It says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. I love the way Martin Lloyd-Jones, he said it simply this, this way. Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? The Bible says it a different way. It says, take captive every thought. Speak truth rather than dwelling simply on the emotions and the feelings. This is such a great time to strengthen some of the spiritual disciplines within your life. As a staff, I'm having them all read a book and give us book reports. And one of the reasons I'm doing that is not just to simply put them back into school, but I wanna remind them and encourage them that we need to continue to speak truth, find those things that speak truth into our hearts and to our minds during these uncertain times. And so when you begin each day, can I just encourage you to speak some truth to yourself? The moment you get out of bed, Figure out what it is the truth that you need to speak to yourself today rather than getting your day started with the emotions and how you feel and the anxiety of what could be. So find that truth, speak it, write it on the mirror, pin it on the refrigerator, hide it in your heart as the scripture says, but learn to speak to yourself truth every day. The third thing that I think is so important to kind of grow and, and foster this genuine faith is simply this, is to stay connected. Hey, an engaging faith is evidence of a genuine faith. We're gonna see that. Now, you've gotta engage at, at least six feet of distance, right, in our, in our social spacing that we need right now, but it's to stay connected. The more we focus on others, right, the less self-absorbed that we get. The beauty of staying connected is it moves my focus off of me and it moves it to other people as we do. So who do you wanna get connected with over the next few weeks to come? My wife had a burden to get connected to our neighbor, and it's a neighbor that we haven't seen much. They come in, shut the door, and we just have not had much of a connection and relationship. And so she prayed for that opportunity. The very next day, she's out in the backyard working on the yard, and this neighbor comes out, and they begin to engage in, in a conversation. We begin to find what's going on in his family. He owns a, a restaurant and the fears that come with that, so we got a chance to go to his restaurant and support him and the things that he's going there. And all of a sudden now... When he, he's home and around, he's engaging us in conversation. Why? It just started with that burden to say, God, I just want to be connected. Connected in the backyard. By the way, the yards of Lexington have never looked better. Your yard looks amazing. Many of you have organized your garage, and I just want to say congratulations. Some of you have actually got your car in the garage for the very first time since being in your home, and so kudos on that. But you know, as this quarantine lingers, it's going to continue to become easier for us to just get less connected. But I want to remind you that, that your faith, that your presence is a source of strength for others. Don't miss out and be reminded that people are watching, that they're watching to see how you respond in these days. They're watching to see, are you leaning into one another? Are you pulling away? Your example is so powerful and it makes such a difference. So are you living in community or are you living in isolation? Again, we're just reminded again, we need each other. We need the Lord more during this time than others. And so your connectedness is important for you, but it's even more important for those that are watching around you. You see, Jesus said again, he never said that we wouldn't have bad days. 
He says, in these bad days that you're going to have, the genuineness of your faith is going to be revealed. So don't miss that. Again, as I said earlier, people are watching how you and I navigate these days. But what do we do at times when we haven't lived up to what we are? What do we do when our, when our faith hasn't been as strong as it needs to be? What has been when we've given in to some of our own insecurities and fears and we've just blown it with our friends or with our family? Listen, can I just encourage you in those moments? If you've had times where you just haven't done it the way you wanted to, these are great times just to acknowledge that to the Lord. Just confess it to the Lord. Ask him to forgive you for these things and then just move on. It's a new day. You're not defined by the failures of your past. And so on this new day, strive to be more like Jesus from where you are. If you need some help with that, if, if you want to just talk to somebody about that, can I just encourage you to go to lexcity.info. There's places that you can connect. We'd love to be able to connect with you any way we can. Or can I encourage you every Thursday night at 630, we've got the mat and we've got a group that get together on Zoom just to talk and encourage one another. And that may be a great place for you to go. Once again, all that information is on lexcity.info. But today, my goal has been simply to encourage you of the genuineness of your faith. That you can see how God is working in you and through you. That you're doing a great job. Parents, can I just encourage you? You're doing a better job than you think you are and certainly than you feel you are. So just give yourself some grace. Places where you've messed up, just it's a new day tomorrow. Work to be more like Jesus in that area tomorrow. For those of you that are still working, and especially some of you, again, that are serving on the front lines of this whole virus, can I encourage you that the genuineness of your faith is being seen. At times of fear and fatigue all around you, the hope, the kindness that is coming from you is speaking to the world so loudly. It's the genuineness of your faith that is making such an impact. So during these days, let's let the fire of trial and struggles purify us. Let's let it burn off those things that are not of God. Let's let it mold us to become more like Jesus. And let us be reminded that Jesus promised that we would have bad days, but he promised this wonderful thing in the midst of those bad days. Go back to John chapter 16. And it says this, that I, that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but here's a great promise. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Let's pray together. Father, today we thank you for that wonderful promise that in the midst of trials and sorrows, which you've told us we will experience in this world, but God, in the midst of that, that you bring to us peace, shalom, a wholeness, a completeness that is found only in you. And so, Lord, today, I just pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for those that today may need just a, an extra ounce of just patience or hope or strength. God, that today that you would be their peace in a new and a fresh way. Lord, we thank you for your love that sustains us and holds us. God, we pray that this week, that you would use us in a powerful way for your glory. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today at LexCity.tv. What a great message. And if something touched you or resonated with you from the talk, and you have questions about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, or you just need to pray with someone, 
Right now you can go to lexcity.info and you can click on live prayer room. We have people live in our prayer room right now who would love to encourage you. At lexcity.info, we have a place for you to sign up for a community group, an online group, but you can also find out all kinds of information about Kids City, Lex City Youth, our Freedom and Recovery Ministry called The Mat. Now kids, stay tuned, because Kids City Live starts on lexcity.tv in a few minutes. And everyone, follow us on social media at Lex City Church, and we'll see you right back here next week.